Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm late. The train's asleep. Shut up. You're here. And good thing, because we've got lots of work. The talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And in this episode, I sat down with Cecile Richards. It's such a joy to be able to share this episode with you because Cecile embodies leadership. And it's pretty spectacular to have three generations. Her mother was the famed governor of Texas, Ann Richards. And I I really do encourage you to go back and um, really learn about her history as well, because um, unfortunately, the more things change, the more things stay the same. But you see a lot of similar players um, at work there and similar players in good ways, like Cecile um, herself, who who got her start helping um, her mother who was helping uh, Sarah Weddington, who was sort of is the more famous lawyer from Roe v. Wade. Um, and at the time, Weddington was, uh, you know, in a bid for Texas state legislator. But you'll see how Ann Richards not only put her time in, but she actually did such an excellent job as governor and yet um, got pillarized in the uh, next election, mainly by Karl Rove and George Bush Jr., uh, with rumors that she was gay, which shouldn't matter, wasn't true. Um, but I think that it also just speaks to the systemic sexism and the beauty in people like Sarah Weddington and the beauty of people like Ann Richards and the beauty of people like Cecile Richards um, in that they have made sure that women's health care is seen for what it is. It is about women's bodies and it is about economics and it is about leveling a playing field. So we got to talk about um, the fact that abortion has always existed, will always exist, but that the current attack is really on poor women And ultimately, um, that it's really important to preserve the rights of people who are alive versus the idea of people. And I didn't go into depth with her because she and I both know, as I imagine most of my listeners, that no healthcare decision is easy. No no decision about anything um, that is really deep and meaningful um, comes without consequences. There are negatives and positives attached to all of our Uh, most painful questions. And that is why it's just 80,000 times harder for women who are already grappling with these issues to have to then weigh strangers um, launching onto them and threatening their lives, as well as the brave doctors who go out there and everyone else who um, works in clinics and advocacy organizations and places like Planned Parenthood. And she says how you can donate, get involved. Um, And I really, really hope you enjoy this episode um, because it was a lot of fun to sit down with Cecile. I want to happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very cool. much. Um, I it is cool. <laughs> um, everyone gets one, right? Apparently, yeah. 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 Every year. That's the one thing we all share in common. That's right. That's right. Um, since moral compasses aren't things that we necessarily <laughs> share in common. Um, I wanna I wanna start off on on some really hard hitting news that I think everyone in the room has been um, just racking their brains about for years. Um, is it true that you were rejected from the drill team because you were too tall? 100%, yes, that's right, yeah. 
And that was the beginning of being just a pissed off person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we have this great photo. Oh, there I, yeah. That was a Sassoon cut, let me just tell you. That's, I love yeah. the bulk, they don't make bulk, oh, Vidal Sassoon? Exactly. That's I was, amazing. I was so ahead of the curve, exactly, yeah. That's incredible. That's what it looks like when you grow up in Texas, yep. Um, well, they don't make bowl cuts the way that they used to. I think no, kids don't get no, traumatized don't. anymore no, like we exactly. did. And is that your, your younger that, sister? That's my little sister, Ellen, yeah. Okay, that is really... She got to have her grow her hair out, though, obviously. So. Oh, because you're the first her. child. So I they... was the eldest child, so I got yeah, all the abuse right there. Yeah. You, get, yeah. you get experimented. On. I wanted to ask about your dad first, because, I mean, we'll talk about y- 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 the influence of your mother, but... You know, he was, he was an, uh, is. Is, is a phenomenal labor organizer. Um, and I, I wanted to ask about um, growing up with him, like what your memories were of what he talked about in terms of his work. Yeah, so I mean, he hasn't changed. He's 82 years old, lives in Austin, Texas, and still just is like a total hellraiser. And he was um, a labor uh, lawyer and a civil rights attorney. And you know, that was just what we did. I mean, other families bowled and we did politics. And so that's what it was like growing up in Dallas, Texas. And I mean, basically my mom and dad were just against everything that was happening in Dallas. So I kind of was prepared for what it feels like right now in the U.S., you know. Just to set the stage for everyone, I mean, you know, your mom was waiting um, at a luncheon for John F. Kennedy to arrive. And I remember, uh, I remember, I heard her um, in the HBO documentary about her, you know, talking about how your classmates responded. And so I wonder if you could just explain to the audience a little bit about growing up in the city of, it was called the city of hate, nicknamed a little bit, but um, in Dallas, can you talk about that experience? Well, I mean, I th- yeah, Dallas was, you know, the right wing was very strong at that, at that time. And of course, the Kennedy assassination, I mean, it's something the city has never gotten over really. And I, you know, I, I think as a young, as a child, as a young person, um, it was, so jarring, and then of course it wasn't the only assassination yes. because okay, there's Martin Luther King and there was Bobby Kennedy, and yes. so it just felt like the whole world was coming unraveled there. And uh, so, I mean, I grew up in an era in which being a social activist was just what you had to do, and I think it was like what we were driven to do. Um, I think Dallas has improved a great deal, so nothing bad on we Dallas all, we all now. We know that it's, because yeah. the TV show Dallas came later. So. Exactly, things really got yeah. better, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, but she had talked about that your classmates were clapping when when he was killed. I mean, that's what that was her memory. I, I think as a <laughs> you know, and it probably I know it was true in Dallas. Well, I know no, it was I, true I'd in rather Dallas. hear your memories. So yeah, memory I mean, I was like, I was, I think I was six years old or <laughs> yes. something. So I really don't yes. have a lot of memories of it. I just, but I do know that for my parents, it really did feel like the world was kind of coming to an end. And again, I mean, that's, I think there are things that happen politically and then you just think, oh my God, like what have we come to? And then eventually they moved to Austin where everyone was, you know, groovy and like having love-ins and... What are, talk about love-ins. I've heard about sit-ins, but let's see. I don't know what love-ins. they were doing. I mean, I just know that they were having them and everyone's wearing tie-dye and there was, um, you know, the Armadillo World headquarters opened and... The great musical. Exactly. So it was just, it was like the polar opposite of Dallas, Texas. I loved it. Okay, great. I do think Dallas is a good show, though, just, just so you know. I, I mean, obviously, it was popular among some audiences. Very diplomatic. No, I mean, it's... Well, it is weird when you go to a foreign country and you say, oh, I grew up in Dallas, and then they, like, you know, start, like... Sue Ellen, exactly. Larry Hackman. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. What did happen to... Anyway, yeah. Um, yes. Um, so, I, I, 
asked about labor organizing, but you really grew up doing both right away because um, your mom's the first campaign she worked on, I believe, was Sarah Weddington. Oh my here, God, how many embarrassing photographs do you have? No, yes. I, I, there we are. There's you in the background and your daughter with your mom when she won. How many people don't know who Ann Richards is? Probably a lot. She was the one, governor of Texas. British, right? You're British. Yeah. 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 She was a uh, brilliant uh, governor of Texas. She was also would have been a stand-up comedian um, because she was so funny. She was funny. <laughs> um, and it was such a risk and um, exciting time to see um, someone so liberal and thoughtful. I, instead of calling him liberal, actually, just someone who was so dedicated to ensuring that people of color and women, um, whether they are of color or otherwise, um, even if they're pale, um, got a voice. Um, and she was very pale. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, true. Now, I, you know, four people can survive the Holocaust and have the exact same experience. And I don't mean to say that having parents in politics is the equivalent um, of living through something like that. But I can also understand if growing up with a political parent that you might say, I want to do anything but um, not be near a spotlight um, that can be so cruel. What inspired you to say, like, it doesn't bother me? I, you know, I think I just grew up at, I mean, obviously I grew up in a family where you had to make something, you had to do something with your life. And that was sort of my mom's big thing, especially, you know, she was actually a housewife for many, as we yes. called it back in the day, uh, for many years and just raised up us and I like, like had all this pent up, I think, both energy and probably frustration that she wasn't doing more. And so then once she kind of hit the big stage, she just went for broke. Uh, but she really believed that you only have one life, and so you better make the most of it. And it was incredibly good advice. Um, and I've been like incredibly fortunate in my life to always have a job, like making trouble, raising hell. I hope um, doing something. Well, you created for justice. Yeah. those jobs too, though. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe if I couldn't find one, I had to make. Yeah, I made one. Yeah, that's true. What did you learn from? labor organizing and I'm thinking more in your early 20s you know when you were starting out we have this great um, oh for the podcast oh, audience nice. be really helpful but um, yeah. you have very curly hair I would <laughs> yes. say Ogilvy home perm definitely yeah and a don't mess with Texas t-shirt and can you tell me a little bit about who you're standing with and um, what were you up to in this yeah this is actually really funny I haven't seen this photo in years um, it says buena suerte chingona because they used to call me the chingona which I will not translate here um, because I think we're in life. <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah, I, I say what? Translated. It's like the big badass woman, basically, kind of. Um, nice. So um, that's the cleanest. That's nice. the cleanest interpretation uh, I could give you in, in English. But uh, no, for years I actually organized in Los Angeles. That was a picture in L.A. with my. Yeah. L.A. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, and that's, uh, that's Anna. Actually, she used to work with me. She's, uh, she's El Salvadorian, and I organized immigrant janitors in L.A. for a living wage, and it was called the Justice for Janitors Campaign, which I think would be a great band name. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. We had satin jackets. Oh, nice. I still have it. It's very okay, cool. Good. I should have brought that. Um, but it was a great, I just will say, it's like the best work I've ever done um, besides working at Planned Parenthood. And it's the same women that I organized with then that are Planned Parenthood patients now, so feels like kind of came full circle, kind of. I was going to ask how different it was from go, sort of going door to door with, you know, um, with your mom when I'm thinking of for Sarah Weddington, um, you know, for her first campaign. Like, how different is sort of grassroots 
political organizing versus labor organizing? What's the, what's the difference for us non-wonks? I mean, organizing is organizing, and it is. You know, I think it is actually talking to people and listening to them. That's the most important thing about a good organizer is being able to listen to other people. And so I'm grateful that being a union organizer all those years, and whether it was nursing home workers or janitors just actually hearing about their lives it makes your makes your life richer and makes you i I hope a more thoughtful person as an organizer um and look it's all about i mean and that's what we're doing now right i feel like the whole way this country is going to change is because people are going to take power and and organize and self-organize and so the skills all the skills i used back then we're using now like you know you know exponentially were you, um, you recently um, had to testify before Congress. Were you subpoenaed to testify, or did you, did you want I to? Went, I went voluntarily. Oh, wow. Um, I don't, yeah. Maybe we should talk and, about your child. Well, when they say testify, it was sort of like a little bit. It was, that, hard, it was kind of hard to get a word in edgewise, so the testifying part never really happened, but that was the idea. So how did you deal with it? I mean, watching the video, I watched the video so many times and I don't understand, you know, how one possibly prepares. It doesn't matter how many debate and, and speech classes you've taken when, when they're, they're purposely not listening to you, mm-hmm. um, talking over you, mansplaining. I love that. Can I demonstrate? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, how do you deal with that when people are constantly interrupting you and, and um, distorting your words while you're trying to still get the sentence up? I just think when someone's making a fool of themselves, you just gotta let them rip, you know? Um, so, they, they really did not need a lot of assistance in that hearing. And, and it's an open mic and it's on C-SPAN, and so just nod and let them continue, continue going, yes. I was um, floored that someone who knows they're on camera, they're in Congress, they have people who can go research things for them, um, you know, and I hope that they can read, but um, they were so ignorant about what goes on in healthcare. Correct. And they still are. I mean, these are the same folks who are now trying to basically repeal the Affordable Care Act and block millions of women from coming to Planned Parenthood. So... Nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed is now they have an ally in the White House, and that's really scary. Um, but uh, no, it's it's. I mean, you, I, if you saw the if you saw the hearing or even a little bit of it, I mean, my favorite part, of course, was the opening when the chairman of the hearing brings out a chart, which wasn't even really a. It was a graph, but it had no y-axis, as fake. Rachel Maddow <laughs> pointed out. It was like, hmm, those kind of going the wrong way. <laughs> anyway, it was sort of funny because um, he said, well, this is a Planned Parenthood chart. And I said, no, I don't think so. And of course, then at the bottom, it said like, you know, it was created by Americans United for Life, which is a big anti-choice uh, organization. And I pointed that out to Jason Chaffetz, who said, well, we're going to get to the bottom of that. And, uh, and I, I don't know if you saw, but he actually yes. has decided to resign from Congress. So sometimes just... Wow. Um, he has a pre-existing condition, and he has government health care, and they made sure also that all government employees, if they're using the Affordable Care Act, they will be able to keep um, the Obamacare elements that they're getting rid of for all the rest of us to deal with his foot and mouth disease. I think it was foot and mouth disease that he had. I'm not sure, but I could be wrong, and I'm okay with it. That's why I'm not an elected official. Um, I, I did, I did want to ask, though, the, was the purpose of going there to um, demonstrate how ignorant they are? What, what is the purpose of going head-to-head when people aren't listening to you? 
Well, because it, when people are actually trying, or they are voting on the future for all of us and our health care, at least you've got to take every opportunity to explain to them, yes. like, how women's bodies work and why we take birth control, yeah. um, just a lot of things. But you're right, there wasn't a lot of interest, or obviously there was not a lot of understanding. One of the most fascinating things about that hearing was because there were no women on the committee for the Republicans, they kept having to bring women from other parts oh. of Congress in to try to like make the picture look a little bit better. They do that yeah. with comedy writing where they'll like find someone from like the makeup There's department or something like that and they'll be like, get in the yeah. photo so it'll look like we really hire as many female writers. Right. Yeah. It's a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on that um, note, you know, uh, just of, of hiring, you know, when Planned Parenthood hired you, I have, I'm hoping you don't have a medical degree because you're already such an overachiever. Um, but they clearly wanted someone who was politically savvy. Can you talk to uh, a little bit about what you think was their goal in, in hiring you and, and what your goal might have been in going there? It seems like a real like, serious question. Like, how did I get this job after all? How do you feel about all? that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we can I, talk about your childhood otherwise. Yeah, okay. no, there, yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, one of the reasons both I was interested in going to Planned Parenthood and I think Planned Parenthood was interested in, in uh, joining up was... We're, we're a healthcare provider to millions of people every year, but our ability to deliver healthcare, even though we are the best in the business of reproductive healthcare, you know, bar none, uh, was getting impossible to actually deliver that care because of legislatures and politicians who were trying to just throw every barrier in, 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 the, um, in the way. And that's, we've now grown from 3 million supporters to more than 10 million in the United States, and we're really proud of that, proud to have that. Um, and, and we spend a lot of time, I mean, we've spent time building this movement to fight back against exactly the kind of things that are happening right now out of this administration and out of Congress. And it's purely a, um, uh, the, the GOP's attack is, is purely on working class um, and middle class and poor people. Because the truth is, is that the wealthiest people, I mean, abortion has been around since sex has been around, so since the dawn of time. And... Um, you know, the wealthiest can go somewhere else and get abortions. Um, so when, when they are attacking Planned Parenthood and, and other places that serve people, the very people that Trump claimed he was supporting, um, for the idea of life versus actual living human beings, um, I wanted to ask, like, how do we get the word out to help that this is actually just hurting people who don't have money? Well, uh, I think there's a couple of things there. One is, you're right, that abortions existed even before Roe versus Wade. They were just illegal and they were dangerous. And women, young, healthy women, died routinely in emergency rooms all across America. And we cannot have that ever happen again, right? So Roe versus Wade was passed, and now we work to make sure that abortion is safe and legal and available to all women, regardless of their income. The government makes it incredibly hard. Um, the other thing we do, though, and this is one of the great ironies of the supposed, supposedly pro-family party, is that we busted our ass during the ten, eight years of President Obama's administration to make sure that every woman in this country that could get birth control got it, and got it at no cost. 55 million women now in this country get birth control uh, and no copay. And that was revolutionary. And the thought that we were actually now talking about rolling back that right is insane. Yeah. 100% insane. Well, because it goes against actually protecting people from having to get abortions since the numbers have You'd been think. dropping radically. You think. And actually, birth control, 
Newsflash, it's very popular, actually. <laughs> very popular. More than 90% of women use it at some point. So and maybe even some folks in the audience. Because you guys are having sex. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Which should be something to celebrate. Um, I wanted to pivot on that note, though. To, you're on the road constantly. I just wanted to ask like, what, what that's like. Uh, going to Indianapolis tomorrow, if anyone's free, wants to, we're going to go celebrate, yeah, Planned Parenthood, Indianapolis folks in the audience. Um, About 100 days a year you're on the road, I'm going to guess? Or a lot, yeah, okay. a lot. No, it's actually, it's great because Planned Parenthood, we're in every state, so there's always something to do and something to celebrate. I think the thing that's really interesting now, and I love going to these states because you're going, like, really in the middle of nowhere, we could have a health center that's providing health care to thousands of people that have no other access to care. Uh, and so it's always, I love that part of this this job. But the thing that's interesting, certainly since the election, is no matter what I'm going to, and we'll have a big dinner tomorrow night in Indianapolis, there will be three, four, five times the number of people that were there the year before. It's just overwhelming. And, you know, we saw the women's marches, and yeah. it wasn't just in Washington and New York. It was, like, in Salt Lake City, Utah, 10,000 people marching in, in Salt Lake City. Even in Texas, the largest march ever in the, ever in the history of Austin. There are activists everywhere. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting because, as you know, not only the marches happened, but now there have been record levels of folks calling Congress to fight back against the, you know, repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Okay, and people wonder, like, who's making those calls? 86% of those calls are being made by? Women. Women. Yeah. And women, exactly. So let's give it up for the women folk. Yeah. And I, you know, so when 52 or 53% of the population didn't vote um, for, um, oh, sorry, they voted for someone who, who um, spelled out how he sexually assaults women, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about sexism and how it's a subtle, it can also be implicit and subtle and, and things that we internalize, which I would say mm -hmm. is the most dangerous part. But um, I guess what I really want to ask is like, what can, what can we all do to, to um, help you and yeah. help your cause? Uh, so march. Marching is good. Just in um, place or anywhere marching. in particular? Just keep marching. I feel um, like this is like aerobics. Knit your, knit your pussy hat. If you don't know, I'll be, I'll Wait, be in the audience those... later can show you how to do that. Um, <laughs> right? And uh, This one doesn't have horns. It's not for Jews. Yeah, you have to put it on and then it kind of sticks up. I'm not okay. a really very sophisticated knitter, I'll be very honest. Pretty hat. Yeah. I know it's flattering, you know, yeah. flattering to, to the skin. Uh, so marching is good. Calling Congress is good. Going to town hall meetings and raising hell with your member of Congress, super good. But most important, voting. Okay. Yeah. Voting, voting and donating. And donating. Donating is always good. Um, time, money. Any time, of money, all of that. And I think, look, you know, everyone, every time I go outside, someone says, like, what, what should I do? What can I do? And I think the most important thing I can say as an organizer is just, like, don't wait for instructions. You know, just... I shouldn't have even asked the question. No, I think it's important because... Um, I think the most exciting thing is I'm seeing women everywhere who are just taking things into their own hands. I, I was just back in Speaker Paul Ryan's district yeah. in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We have three health centers in Kenosha, Planned Parenthood does, and women there are organizing like crazy. Um, they've organized 1,500 uh, women called Forward Kenosha, and they are now recruiting folks to run for office in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So that's, that's awesome. To me, that's what we have to do is just um, everyone has to do more than they ever thought they were going to have to in their lifetime because we need to. Yeah.
I, I know that you know the medical providers are, are first and foremost the ones who put their lives on the line, but I was listening to some right-wing um, conspiracy theorists, and I got very frightened for you. I mean, while you were talking, some guy would sort of show off that he was five feet away from you and that you should be tried for crimes against humanity, and I'd rather me be frightened than you, but I, I was just curious, like, do you have a bodyguard? Do you need one? Um, you know, do you get scared? So first of all, I don't have any of those things. And I live in New York City, the safest big city in the world, so I love that. Um, and I ride the subway and do all the normal things that people do. Uh, and I don't get scared, but I don't read the comments section. That, I think, okay. is really important in life. And, and I think that, look, um, that just comes with the job. But a lot of people, they do think, oh my God, it must be scary and people must stop you and say horrible things. The truth is 99% of the people who stop me on the street stopped me to say thank you because Planned Parenthood saved my life or Planned Parenthood was there for me at a time I needed health care and I had nowhere else to go. And so I'd like to sort of really dispel the idea that somehow there are all these people. There are some angry people out there and there are some people who want to do harm uh, to particularly health care providers at Planned Parenthood, but they are the vast minority in this country and we cannot let them get the upper hand. That's okay. um, why it's so important that people speak out. Um, well, on uh, a note, before you all go speak out and before you head off to Indiana, I would love to um, do a, a little contest with you that I think um, will at least keep you nourished. Um, Nate Silver um, has helped me since he has been on the show and he, he did his burrito eating contest. He um, chose some tacos um, for you to do a taco eating okay, contest. Okay, they're actually... It's taco. Taco. Yeah, taco. Pardon, puede hablar en español si tú quieres. I'm sorry, I just had to. Tacombi? Okay, so I we have one rogue taco, and then we have two. That's a scary phrase, rogue taco. Oh, um, wow. So I so you have to put in order um, his, his preferences. Basically, it's, this is like fantasy baseball, but fantasy tacos. Um, so you have to you have to decide which one you like the best. Are you gonna have some too, or just? Um, I'm just. We're just gonna watch you eat. It won't be awkward for anyone. Um, if we could take some close-up photos, because who doesn't like to have photos of them while they're eating? It's good, right? Fish. You're a pescatarian. Me too. Aspiring. <laughs> and out of all the inspiring work she's done, this is what you came to see, right, y'all? Guys. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Challenging to eat in public is hard. Very systematic. Just got a mm -hmm. clockwise turn of the platter. Taco number Taco one. Oh. Number one. Okay, that's Tacombi Taco. Tacombi? I'll find out. I'll find out more, but we're going to plug Tacombi. They're real Mexican owners as opposed to fake Mexicans, guys. They got through the wall and they are here. <laughs> Okay, so Tacombi is owned um, by real, not fake, Mexican owners. They are authentic, authentico. Um, number, which is, the, which is your second choice? So far, you, she, has, she is winning. So far, you, are, you, are, you and Nate Silver have the same taste in tacos. Oh, we do? That's what you're winning. It's a big, big um, win. I didn't know I was supposed to pick a second one. I actually think I put this number three would be second. Nice. That's the rogue taco. That's just taco bar down the street. Oh. Nice. Hey, I'm a fan taco. of street food. And uh, Los Mariscos, 
Number two, that's where you and Nate differ. But you know what? I think after the Where's election he, results, from, we though? all differ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no. He actually, on this show, sadly said the chances of Trump winning is the chances of it being a Thursday, and it was a Thursday. So, yeah. People, I mean, people need to respect Nate Silver and uh, not Trump. You can't blame, you can't shoot the messenger. Right, um, and you can't give up. And you can't give up. That is what's so, so yeah. beautiful. And I feel so much more inspired having you um, at the helm as a leader. And I wanted to ask, who, who do you look to? Um, who do you look to for support? And, and um, who do you talk to um, when you are frustrated or, or, or feeling like, what do I do next? So it's actually like every day that we, you know, keep, keep from getting defunded and we stay open, we see... 8,118 patients on average. And that's what keeps me going. Um, And, uh, you know, getting to to talk to folks who, whose lives just may be a little bit better because they got to come to Planned Parenthood. That's all I need. That's worth everything. You know, it's really tremendous. And now your, your, your daughter, Lily is also involved in politics as well. I was going to ask about this sort of three generation. Yes. Big time. And Um, I was just like the genetic transfer between Ann Richards and my daughter, Lily. Is she she funny also? uh, She's funny, but she's like also got like a wicked, like good sense of politics. And she works for Senator Kamala Harris. Yeah. That's an advertisement. Yes. Who is. You got to do it like fabulous. a, a, like, a, a fabulous. Mo- like a Jewish or Italian mother. She works for Kamala Harris. <laughs> We're very excited. I am, yeah, really proud of her. Um, and proud of the women that serve in, I mean, oh my God, what they put up with. They're amazing. They're and amazing. so you worked for Pelosi. You, you, you know, yep. worked in, inside. Did you sort of choose to, I'm, I'm just using like Marion Wright Edelman as an example of saying like, you know what, I think I'm going to get more done from the outside. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, I just think there's folks, I have such admiration again for women. After doing that, that hearing, you know, yeah. kind of hearing in Congress, my admiration for the women in Congress, which is already very high, just grew exponentially because they, yeah. they literally are dealing with this kind of idiocy. Yeah, let's give it up for the women in Congress. I mean, yeah. they, um, yeah. they, they get a lot, a heavy dose of mansplaining every single day and they just keep going back. And so we should support them. Yes. It sounds like an abusive relationship, but yes, we will support them. I have yeah. some um, gifts for you um, for, because I'm so thankful that you, you came out and spent time with us this evening and um, one of them are these stop talking cards so if you ever have to go in front of um, Congress again um, you can just give them stop talking cards beautiful thank you throat comfort for when you're public speaking oh yes I love this stuff Um, wow car sick from John Waters because I know you're on the road a lot and this is about him Mm -hmm. going on the road as well excellent I got you socks that say um, I'm not bossy I'm the boss Wow, you really did some shopping. Hand sanitizer because yeah. it gets, you know, a lot of people I know, don't you, wash you their like hands. I know, you like that stuff. I, I know. know. Yeah, I know. I uh, noticed that. This is um, from a guest. I try to give as many books as I can from previous guests. Sarah Kay um, wrote this wonderful poem called If I Should Have a Daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, here's this. And then um, I know that you uh, <laughs> love cooking. Do you already have this? No, I don't. Okay, Dinner with Georgia O'Keefe, Recipes, oh, Art, and Landscape. Fantastic. Um, I'm sure that this will fit really easily in your suitcase. Um, We also got some delicious treats from Russ and Daughters and a feminist 
um, T-shirt as well from Diana Kane because she's such a fan of yours. I love um, uh, will you come back for the award ceremony so you can get the most coveted award that you've ever wanted in your entire life? That's why I came tonight. Okay, good. That's why I came tonight, and, yes. Um, I love that you knit. Um, this hat badly, is gorgeous. Badly, but yes, but I can knit you one too for the next, really? the next March. Well, yeah. I have an idea. So while I speak with the other guests, will you, will you knit the other hat? The entire hat? You obviously don't knit. <laughs> I'll work on it. Or just start. Yeah, just I'll start get it, it going. Among yeah. other things that you do, um, I, I want to just thank you again for, for going um, to bat for me and every single person in this room and all of these people around the world since um, Planned Parenthood serves as a model for every it's single country. So thank you very, very much. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank Rob Schulte and encourage you to get your tickets for the May 25th show. Get on the Employee of the Month show mailing list. It is an all-star finale. And for those of you who have been fans of Employee of the Month for a long time, you will know that I am not kidding. So you can go there. You can go to at Katie Lazarus. And uh, that's it. I hope you have a beautiful day and find ways to um, give in whichever ways you can. Take care. Bye-bye.